inking, writing, laughing, crying, sketching, drawing, then more crying, trying, crying, feeling it out. I, I, it's no, I have a cat. We've talked about this before. We, I, we have two cats. I have Toby and Max, and uh, I smelled something. Toby, every time Max goes to the bathroom, when he goes number one, he's fine. But when he goes number two, he sprints out of there. Like he's trying to get as far away from the stinky smell as possible, as fast what as possible. You're recording, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> he tries to get out of there as fast as possible. And then I have seconds, literally seconds, to intercept the smell with my Febreze, cover the poop, because he makes no effort to cover it. Because like I'm saying, he goes, blap, and then runs. Uh, and so I got to go in there and cover it up. I have to spray the Febreze, and that usually eliminates it. But during our call, toward the end of it, I was like, man, it still stinks. So I got the Febreze again, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm hanging out, and I see this thing on my toe. And I'm like, oh, it's probably just a piece of tape or something. That's weird. And it squishes in my fingers, and I pull it up. And, of course, the first instinct is to go, well, I need to smell this mystery material. And so I smelled it, and sure enough, I had a piece of cat shit on my big toe, on my right foot, and I have no idea where I tracked it. So I spent the rest of like my lunch cleaning the carpet, literally on my hands and knees, sniffing the carpet on the floor like a pig looking for truffles uh, to see where I had tracked this cat shit before I'd finally resolved to just clean the whole floor because I still have no idea. And my God, I, I thought to myself as I was in the shower... Uh, in the middle of the day after all of that. How do septic people, like people who have to work in sewage, ever feel clean? Because I can tell you right then, I still did not feel totally clean, and I just had a little teeny tiny piece of crap on my toe. I don't know. <laughs> so that, that was one of the highlights of my day. Wow, that was a highlight. That's impressive. Yeah, that was one of the, the high points. It, it, it's, <laughs> I've thought about that a lot. Like people's tolerance to that sort of thing because oh my god I, I don't know how the fuck but, I don't know but, I don't but, know but there have to be people who are either whatever about we the really smell don't need to like, feel this one out <laughs> no this is no I'm feeling this out because there's there's gotta be people who like I don't mind the smell of cat litter usually and so in my family I was always the one to clean it out because like everyone's like Ugh, and I'm like whatever and it just didn't bother me but like I couldn't do that with human shit everywhere I just don't. And of course, of course, when you have a little bit of shit on you from whatever species it is, your mind, for whatever reason, my mind, I'm not, this is feeling it out, so I should use my I statements. When I found some shit on me, my mind in immediately went to, why do people like this? Why do some people like shit on them? This is terrible. Welcome to Feeling It Out with Kyle and Connor. I'm Kyle. I'm <laughs> Connor. I am a writer, podcaster, uh, producer, <laughs> right? producer with uh, producer. generalized anxiety disorder and depression. And I'm Connor, I'm an illustrator, a writer, a podcaster, and uh, I have the depression and ADD. Yeah, so that cat story, I love my cat so much, but that's probably the worst part about them, um, is that... Like, the short hair one's totally fine, but the long hair one, sometimes you just got to, like, check. And it's happened before where it's like, oh, I guess, you know, just got caught on his fur. So that's a whole thing. But just the idea of him, like, running around the house with something on the back of him. I'm not even a germaphobe, but I can't. I'd have to clean, like, the whole floor and throw away all the carpets and whatever. Um, 
That was a high point. Did you have a high point today or yeah. in the last couple of weeks? High this is supposed today. to be a podcast where we talk about our successes and struggles. Um, uh, two, two things, I guess, were neat. So one, I have been working on issue four, Spellslinger, and I it's introducing my favorite character in the series, and I have just drawn her a lot, and I've drawn her a lot in the past, and I drew her a lot to prepare for this because I wanted to make sure that I got her face as similar as possible in each panel, and I <laughs> fucking... Been drawing Is that getting easier? Hmm? Is that getting easier? Sort of. It's sort so of. So she's is. not like two feet tall in one panel and a skinny rail in the next? Wait, what happened? I'm asking you, is it getting easier to have her look the same from panel to panel so that she's not like a two-foot-tall bowling ball in one panel and a tall, skinny rail in the next? Oh, yeah. No, definitely. It's funny because I actually, there have been a couple panels where I I draw everything out and I'm just like, ah, fuck, like Diablo's shoulders aren't wide enough. And then I have to go in and like, it's not that big of a deal. I still like doing it. That was one of my high points. The second high point, I'm taking two well, wait, remember that first, or remember the second high point, because I wanted to ask, did you want to talk about, like, the differences that you've experienced from your Token Studios Spellsinger stuff versus just your for fun sketches and character designs and all of that? Oh, man. I, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, actually, my second thing is about Animal Crossing, so we'll see if we get <laughs> to that at all. But, because I do want to talk about that, actually. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah. Like most artists, I'm sure... Uh, if you ask me about my art process with no criticism involved, I am way welcome to talk about it. Uh, but it's funny because I, I, as I talked about in the solo episode about trying to take breaks, and as I think, ooh, I think we mentioned on the show too. Yeah, I don't fucking know. But I've I, I been taking uh, the last couple of weeks to kind of ease into production issue four, instead of doing what I had been doing with two and three, where just the second one stopped, I'd take a day and then the next one started. Um, cause I was losing my mind a bit, uh, and just feeling like crap. So one of the things that I'm doing to help me keep things fresh, but also keep drawing is just to kind of draw like whatever once a week and, yes. and, and have some variety on, on Instagram and just in general. And, um, yeah, so there's there's a thing that happens. Variety is good for the soul, man. It is. It's great. Familiarity and, breeds content. Contempt. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's one of the things that I remember from Brian Lee O'Malley, who made Scott Pilgrim, is that on, on issue three he was openly saying like, I, I actually want this to be done, but I have three <laughs> more volumes, so. <laughs> and I was like, oh god, like is that my fate? It is, but you know what? I still love it, but. It's it's great because when I'm when I'm drawing Spellslinger, I'm sketching it and then I'm thinking about the inking. I'm thinking about the next page, the last page, how this character looked in the last shot, uh, the placement of everything. And then when I'm coloring, I'm thinking about the shading and all this stuff. And I feel like it's all wrapped up into every moment. So I'm carrying a lot of processes of it at every step. Which I don't know who does that besides me. I'm sure people do. But that can be kind of annoying. So when I finish a panel, my first thought is, thank God, okay. And then I go to the next one. And there's moments where when I need to figure out how to do an effect or draw a certain thing or figure out just a texture or some kind of drawing effect, when I'm doing it in Spellslinger, in the middle of Spellslinger, the beginning 
and middle parts of that process are infuriating. I very rarely like to play when I'm figuring that stuff out or when I'm doing the comic because I just want to do it and have it be done and I want consistency, which admittedly is not always my strongest suit on a on a minutia level. But when I'm drawing stuff for fun, I'm 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 like, "Ooh, you know what would be cool? Her arms should be crystals. I haven't drawn crystals in a long time, and I've learned a lot of cool effects to draw crystals. Let's try drawing crystals. Ooh, those look like shit. Let's try another one. Like, and I, it's it's now those obstacles become really fun, and I get really engaged. And when I'm done with it, I'm just like, wow, I did that. Or, wow, that looks awful. Maybe I'll finish it. And Yes. Yeah, but it's, no, it's, that's- it's all fun. I love to hear that, man. I love that you're like taking that time to experiment with things that just sound fun, even if they actually end up being the same things that didn't sound fun in Spellsinger. Like, I feel that with uh, some of my writing sometimes, and I'm, I think I'm getting better at it, is just pushing through right past the things that are in my way and are just making me go like, ah, oh, I don't want to write. Oh, that's not going to be good. Oh, this is going to be weird. Uh, I'll, I'll just skip to the very thing that made me want to do this idea in the first place. Cause a lot of the times what'll happen is I'll have a really fun idea and then I'll get piled on by like, well, what's the opening scene? What's the inciting <laughs> incident? Well, what's the all is lost moment? This, you don't have any of this laid out. What, who are these? What is this story? And other times I think about like, well, how are you going to film this thing? That's not going to be visually interesting and all this <laughs> nonsense before the idea even gets on paper. So I'm trying to get better at just writing the thing that I thought was so cool or so funny right there. Um, I was watching... <laughs> Do you watch Adult Swim? Not often anymore, but I okay. enjoy content on it. Well, they have these things. They have these infomercials, they call them, that uh, some of them are like normal infomercials where it's like, oh, check out, the, this is the broom that, like, you know, like ShamWow. But then they have ones that are really out there that <sighs> no one would ever say is really an infomercial. Some of them are, it's hit and miss. I like the majority of them. But one of them really inspired me. They have one that's supposed to be like um, a Twitch streamer going like, hey, guys, what's up? It's your boy Blair. Be sure to give me lots of likes and subscribes. Today I'm going to be showing you a walkthrough of how to play Death String. And like the the joke is that the war game is not actually about war. It's about the guy being discharged and having to live in his mom's house. But then... They pull back to another level, which is Blair going like, all right, everybody, that's my video. Be sure to like and subscribe. And then when he clicks out, it goes to a different video where a girl gamer is like, hey, everyone, I'm going to teach you how to play Blair, the game streaming game. And so she's playing the streamer in like a sim game as he like walks around the house and like steals some yogurt from his roommate. Uh, And then his roommate comes in and they get in a fight like Street Fighter style. And then it cuts back to Blair where he's got like blood he's got like blood all over his face and black eyes and he's like, "Hey, uh this is my next video. I don't know what just happened. It kind of feels like I'm not in control of my body." <laughs> and it escalates from there and there and there about 8 levels deep so oh that there's like eight streamers who are streaming streamers who are streaming streamers. And that just made my brain go like, that's kind of funny. I want to extract that by taking a funny, really easy to do idea, put a twist on it, but then go, we're not 
done yet and put another big mega twist on it. So I'm just going to be completely like honest here. I went to my fiance and I helped him brainstorm an idea. And the thing that we came to was like, oh, a gardening video. Guy's sitting down and he's like, hey, everyone, I'm going to show you my garden. I'm going to show you vegetables that you can grow. Got potatoes, got tomatoes, got some beans and toys. And we see that he's growing toys in his uh, thing. That's kind of weird, right? Yeah. But then the twist is he's growing Barbies, and they're, like, growing. Like, they start as, like, Polly Pocket, and then after a few days they grow and grow and grow until they're a full Barbie doll, and then he picks them off the vine. Like, okay, that's pretty weird. But we're not done yet. The Barbies are alive. Oh, no. And long story short, this is a video of Barbies telling other Barbies who are watching YouTube videos how to grow human beings so that they can grow more Barbies for their takeover. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. I was worried. So now we've shared our successes. <laughs> I, wasn't sure, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. And then after a certain point, I'm like, oh, God, are they alive? And... <laughs> I'm glad you confirmed that. Awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I like that. That's fun. It, it, it's so that's, that's the kind of stuff I've been doing. It's just barreling past the, like, how am I going to film this? Am I going to fucking animate the Barbies? Like, what am I going to do about that? Don't worry about it. Just write the thing that sounds funny. Yeah. I, that's actually something that I think about when I watch movies a lot, especially movies where I know the budget wasn't stellar. But there'll be these shots or stuff happening and, like, you know, a uh, cop, there'll be a car chase, but one of the guys is on a moose chasing after the bad guys, and then the moose gets into a car with the guy on him, and then it, like, flips or some shit. And I'm saying, I'm just like, when they wrote this scene, did they just accept that this was going to be quite a process? Or did they say, hey, we can tone down the scene if we need to? Or or maybe it was added, because the animators are, are like, about, like, those Bollywood movies? That. Hmm? Are you talking about, like, those Bollywood movies? No. Like, well, where the guy, like, drifts with a horse or something? I love Bollywood movies. That's, like, a whole <laughs> different thing. I mean, my example is very extreme. I think a better version of that is, um... Oh, God, I haven't watched any fucking That's movies That's fine. I'm lately. not going to put you on but, the spot. But just the, just the idea of, of where you're saying, like, you think about how it's going to be shot. Or when I'm, yeah. when I'm writing stuff, I go... Ooh, can I draw that? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, and, oh, wait, that's so cool on paper, but how am I going to draw that? Yeah, I think one of my favorite feelings, which is it's not a positive feeling necessarily, but one of my favorite feelings about writing the comics that I'm going to draw is when I draw this scene, I'm just like, and then church backflips off of a bench and kicks, bicycle kicks a guy on the head who falls over and then he trips the other guy and it's all in one panel, baby. And as I'm writing, I'm like, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And I do it anyway. And I get to the scene, I'm like, half of this shit's not happening. <laughs> panel one, church does a backflip, chews a bubble gum, blows the bubble, gets the bubble gum on her face and pulls it off. <laughs> panel two <laughs> god that is, um, a, that is a nightmare that's why i like ha sending you my comics because then i can be like well this is funny to me i don't know how to draw this and i don't have to worry about it so i'll just send it to you yeah or like um the thing that i i want to share but i want to make sure that i contextualize it the right way um but i guess it'd be going backwards why don't we just do it in the timeline of that those monster things that I was working on. Yes. I sent it to you and you made me a monster. And that was so cool when you sent me, you were like, hey, 
you ready for a surprise? I was like, yo, what is it? And you sent it. I, I literally gasped. I gasped out loud. I, I want to post it on the Instagram now that I've mentioned it because I found a website where a guy, it's like a blog spot. It's an old website, but the dude is still updating it. I want to give a shout out to, well, I'll insert it there. <laughs> um, and he's got all of these like covers to um, HP Lovecraft, or I guess they're like insert like illustrations of these HP Lovecraft monsters uh, by the same artist whose name also escapes me. I'll include all this in the description. But each one was so inspiring that, like I was saying, I just blasted past anything of like, well, what am I doing? This is a waste of time. And I would look at these monster pictures and instantly know what the narrative was. Just like sometimes when you look at a piece of art, it really speaks to you and you just fill in the narrative in your mind of like, oh, that's that. And they're related this way and they feel this way about each other. Yeah. And so when I looked at those monster ones, my mind just raced with like, who are these monsters and what's their deal? Um, And then I shared that experience with you and you said, dude, send this to me with more description. Get rid of the monster image that they have and let me draw it. And I was like, oh my God. Because I feel like I, I haven't, said it in so many words but like in a perfect world you'd be my artist slave you'd have no interests of your own and no real motivation to do your own stuff you'd only be interested in ravenous and coming to me for ideas and you'd be angry about how i don't have enough ideas for you but reality is that you have an entire life of stuff and in fact i have jumped onto your endeavors (laughs) (laughs) i mean so yeah. You're really talented. That monster is amazing. And it's it's given me like a peek into the future of what the like relationship of writer artist could be. It was so cool, dude. Dude, I well thank you. Thank you first off just for the compliment, but also thank you for the experience because I it is something to be said for the writing that you use to describe this thing because to clarify for the audience, uh, oh, go he, on. He listen, listen. So one of the stipulations I wanted to mention is like, don't like outright tell me what it is, but give descriptors so I like have an idea. And man, you you made some comment about like how it was like bright orange, like the sun against this like dark nothing background, and how it had these like long gorilla arms. But you didn't even say that. You just. I don't think I said any of those things, but that's really interesting. That well, yeah. So that's, so that's the thing is that I don't that you filled it in. Yeah, and and I think that you did the thing that you were describing to me, where you gave me something, and my brain immediately was like narrative, and it, it tonally was so appropriate for what the thing was, and it made the whole process really easy. I'm not good at drawing monsters, people or animals. I'm working on it. This is one of the reasons I wanted to do this because I was like, oh, this would be a great opportunity to drop things that aren't human. And well, that's an interesting thing. Have you ever tried to write? Uh, have you ever tried to draw a character from a book that was only like a description? Yes. Every that like? time I've done it, I hate it. Yeah, I, I, because I, you know, you see fan art of like um, the most popular one is uh, Dune for me because there aren't that many Dune movies, so tons of artists get their interpretations. Once the Dil- uh, once the Dene Villanueva movie comes out, I'm sure that will all get erased. Um, but for now, it's really cool to see lots of people's interpretation of the same words. It's kind of like it's kind of like interpreting the Bible. It's the same words, but what do you see? 
Yeah. It's, I wonder how many other uh, visual artists have this problem too, but one of the reasons I don't do that or I haven't done it as much is because A, for some reason I never like what I do, but B, like I like when someone describes to me like their, their D and D character and I draw that. I love doing that. But I, for some reason when I draw from a book, it, is different and one of the things that is challenging for me is that if so I'm reading Harry Potter and as a kid and I don't get far but I have an idea of what all the characters look like in my head you know it's a natural thing yeah Hermione's and, black yeah exactly Harry's black Hermione's black JK Rowling white. says nappy hair no I'm sorry this is the hill I'm gonna die on I'm pretty sure Hermione was <laughs> always meant to be black or at least dark-skinned I mean, I'm I'm on board with that train, but but here's actually the problem, which which ties into that is that when I see the movie or show interpretation of these characters, my mind immediately pushes out everything I used yeah. to think. Uh huh. And it's like, oh, that's of course, that's what they always looked like. Yeah, and it's infuriating because especially with stuff like Harry Potter or whatever, which I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan by any means, but. If someone asked me to draw what I think of the characters, I would literally just be pulling from other people's versions of it, and I wouldn't have taken the words and made it mine. Harry Potter is a really good example because my copies of Harry Potter had drawings of Harry in the book. Like every chapter, there would be like a little drawing, and on the covers, it was going to be a drawing. And I'm pretty sure the copies now just have like the posters of the movie that corresponded with the book. Oh, wow. So I don't know if the pictures are even inside anymore, but yeah, it's it's like a it's a marketing push. It's like, oh, okay, we have uh, actual like once we have a, a thing that we can license that is Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe's face. Yeah. Because before, you know, you could just draw anything could be Harry Potter. Yeah. As long as I have glasses and a scar, it's like there's Harry Potter right there. That's the guy. Yeah, exactly. Even when like they uh, changed the logo for the movies, I'm pretty sure they carried those over to the books too. Because yeah. I remember uh, the P, like the lightning bolt, was very different than the movie one. But now I see it in the bookstores, and it's all the movie title. That's crazy. That's I, a that's an interesting example. Yeah. There is one thing before we move on from this particular thread. You can feel my energy, can't you? <laughs> no, I also was feeling it because I was like, okay, we've been talking about this one thing for a while, but I I just need to say that I. No, you know what? Guess what, audience? You're not going to know what I was going to oh, say. All right, moving on. Moving um, on. So I wanted to talk about something that was kind of a success and kind of a struggle. It started as a struggle and it became a success, and now it kind of lives in this, like, uh, Schrodinger's box uh, state. Um, so Memorial Day was Monday, and it was uh, really awesome, but it meant Tuesday was going to be hard. It was going. I was going to have a ton of emails. I was going to have a bunch of stuff that I should have done on Monday, but I couldn't, so I had to do it all on Tuesday. And so I was going into the day really anxious and really worried on Tuesday. Um, and when I was in the shower, for whatever reason, it hit me that, oh, that's what it was. I thought for that second, I was like, there was a twinge of, oh, I'm getting anxious. And then I went, ah, come on. You're not going to feel that today, like trying to push it out. And then I went, wait, no, you're not escaping that. That's the whole thing. And the thing that I'm about to say is something that I wrote down on a piece of paper. I said, you will get emotional today. You will feel overwhelmed. You will feel like a bad person. You will will fail 
Just remember how many people love you, how strong your support network is. Your life will go so far beyond this day. Wow. And so I wrote that on a piece of paper and I stuck it on top of my computer so that I could look at it and it calmed me down throughout the day. But I want to make sure that like I highlight the things that I got out of those words because in talking with my fiance, I realized that these sentiments aren't universal. And that's kind of the point of the podcast. So right off the bat, what do you think of that, Connor? <laughs> I think that's cool. I, I'm always attracted to the idea of words being so powerful. It's one of the reasons why I have such a hard time when someone I know is going through something tough and I say, hey, well, maybe this and like maybe it's going to be good. And 80% of people are like, eh, no. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, okay. And because that, well, because that's the thing that, that I wrestle with is like, I'm, when, when they say like, oh, why don't you try, what was your example just then? I didn't even come up with an example. I just, if, if my friends are, if anyone, I, anyone close to me is having a tough time and I try to help them, mind you, with things I think would work for them, not even for me. I just oh, that was it. Yeah. That was it. It's the promise. It's, it's these people's promises that things will get better or that don't worry about it. That probably won't happen or like everything's going to be okay. And just from my perspective and in my experience, I've embraced what is largely a Taoist perspective of embracing failure. I remember one of my first desk jobs, I had a thing up on the wall that said failure is learning because I failed so fucking much at that job, so much. And it was an attorney's job, so it was so important that every tiny little thing was exactly right and there would always be something. And the thing that got me through some of those worst times is the fact that you, I will never learn anything if I'm succeeding 100% of the time. If I'm just going around being awesome, three-pointers all the time, I will never actually improve. It's, in fact, the trials, tribulations, suffering, and th that makes me grow. So to pretend that you're... To pretend that I'm going to shield myself from that for a whole day, I'm lucky I realized in that moment, like... Oh my God, <laughs> you think you're going to have a calm day. This is the perfect way to make sure this does not happen. So I had to do the opposite, which is I had, I have to stare my goddamn t fears in the face and say, I love you. You know, these yeah. things that, that I hate about myself. I hate that I get emotional. I hate that I feel overwhelmed so quickly. I hate that I believe I'm a bad person and I hate that I fail so much. But there's something really freeing about just going like, yes, you will get emotional. That's gonna happen. There's no amount of going, there's no amount of breathing or saying everything's okay or taking breaks that will make that go away. And that's just me. I'm, I am calmed by embracing the, the things I'm afraid will happen because that's how my anxiety is. And so by telling myself I will get emotional, I will get overwhelmed, I will be a bad person, I will fail, now I don't have to worry because it's going to happen. I don't have yeah. to be afraid of like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Like instead of trying to hold up this, this thing, the thing I've been telling myself lately is just let go. What is this thing that you're holding on to so strongly right now? You want to be mad. You want to be sad. What would happen if you 
just let go of that and you pretended that you're not 100% in control of everything, Kyle, is what I tell myself. And that was hard one day. And gosh, I had a lot of things to talk about. We might have, I'll have to save this other point for um, another podcast, which was a, a difficult thing that happened when I couldn't find a book that I was looking for. But um, just that what really worked for me was was just embracing those things that I'm so scared of. Because I feel like I fall into a different trap. Like, there are people in the world who don't have a vocabulary to understand their own emotions. And I hate to use the word emotional intelligence because it implies that there are emotionally stupid people. It's just that there are people who have not been given the tools to observe their emotions. And then there are other people like me who I feel like... (laughs) understand my emotions too well and am constantly analyzing. And so every time I think I'm having a feeling, I should take one step up and look at this. There's another step behind that that's looking at that step, and it goes on forever and ever. I think that's emotional awareness, I think, is how I'd refer to it. Because whenever I consider those moments where I get frustrated and then I take a step back and I'm like, hmm, and then I take a step back and I'm just like, this analyzation needs work. Uh, <laughs> that that whole thing I have always considered is just me being self-aware. Because, so you do it too? Oh, yeah. And that's one of the downsides I've had to every relationship I've been in because whenever something's wrong, on my end, I'll get upset by something and then I'll step back and go, ah, why are you getting upset? Look at this. She got her feelings. You got hers. Why are you being upset? Like, just talk it out. And then one step back from that is me going like, Oh, come on. You got to stand up for yourself, guy. Like, you, this might not be rational, but you got to do it. And then there's it's one your shoulder more past angel. that. Yeah, there's like one more past that where it's like, we're all going to die in like, you know, 50 years anyway. So why does any of this matter? And then a snap too. And I'm just like, yeah, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, my that's thing. it. It's not TV and movies. It's always like, oh, it's a dichotomy. There's a shoulder angel and a shoulder devil. And that's it. It's just a, a black and white thing. But the reality is that, like, I've got a shoulder devil, a shoulder angel, a head angel, a foot devil, a butt angel. And it's just like 50 little mites all over me screaming at the same time. I can't hear anything and I get overwhelmed. And it's just like, forget it. Yeah. I my last thought on that is I always like to visualize it as me in different outfits with different slight personalities who are all observing Ooh. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. I'd like to see that drawn out, kind of like know? when Raven gets split into her different like emotional yeah. spectrums. Yeah, I've actually that's so I've always compartmentalized my feelings, which I wouldn't necessarily say is healthy, but since I do it, I use it to my advantage when I can. Nice. This was a good one. Yeah, this was nice. Remember, everybody, failure (laughs) is learning, and (laughs) success can be anything from just doing the thing to... Yeah, and you too, Connor. Remember, you will get emotional. You, Connor, will feel overwhelmed. You'll feel like a bad person, and you'll fail, but just know that your life will go so far beyond that day. And we're here, and I'm here. Yeah. And if you ever feel like you need to talk it out, we got a podcast full of people who... Uh, apparently want to listen. 
creep yeah. creepers. You guys are creepy eavesdropping yeah, on these stalkers. conversations. Ooh, don't follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Token Studios. Uh, oh, 2Ks. yeah, definitely oh. don't leave us a five-star review. Ugh, that'd be so creepy. Ugh, don't write us <laughs> things that you felt and feelings you feel down to our email. Ugh. Ugh, our fans are so clingy. Gosh. Gosh. <laughs> Bye. Crying, crying, Bye. Crying, feeling it out.